Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. You don't know what you're going to get. Well, that's true. Yeah, it could go either way, right? On this one? Yeah. It's a crab shoot every Tuesday. That's true. But it's fun. That's what makes it fun. That's why you love us. That's why all four of you love us. Exactly. We gained a listener from last week. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Do you know where? Hey, we'll take it. We'll listener. It's awesome. Hi, listener. Hi. Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> you don't know what you just jumped into. Seriously. Yeah, we're a uh, true crime comedy podcast, mainly talking about family crimes. If you don't know, we're on Patreon, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. hmm Everywhere you can get a podcast in the universe. hmm All our videos are on YouTube. Some are on YouTube if you're just... Sorry. Some are on YouTube. Every single one of them is on Patreon. Excuse me. You're really curious mm-hmm. about us, but... uh. So you know what I did? Hmm. I did um, that pod floaty thing. Oh, the like, um, what's it called? Like zero gravity type float pod. Yes. Okay, yeah. Tell me all about it. Because it honestly terrifies me. Sounds like awful. You know that I'm claustrophobic, right? That's why I had to have the Valium for my MRI. It's not claustrophobic at all. Okay. I loved it. I'm going to go back because I have another gift card. And then I'm going to think about getting the membership Holy where I can shit. go once a month. So you like it that much. Mm-hmm. Okay, explain, like, what happens? You walk in. You can wear a bathing suit, right? Like, if you're just yes. like, I don't want to be nudie. I went naked. <gasps> you went naked? I'm so proud of you. I wouldn't have thought of that for you. Like, you seem very like, oh, I'm going to wear a bathing suit. I hate wearing clothes. Really? I'm learning so many new things, y'all. Okay. Love it. Okay, so walk in. Boom. The first time you have to watch a video. But the room, one whole wall is nothing but pink Himalayan salt lamps. So we're getting like detox. Mm-hmm. Okay. You watch your video. Then they take you to your pod room. Each each pod is in its own individual room. So you're not like doing this with other people. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't think that. Because like I've seen some videos of like on their website. So mm-hmm. like this is what it looks like. I wouldn't assume because you're naked. It's like a tanning bed. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. by yourself. Yes. Okay. And so um, you actually shower first and they want you to wash your hair. I didn't do that. Here's why. Because you can only go like if you color your hair after your color sets. But because the hair color mine is, anytime I wash it, the color fades. Oh, yeah. It comes out. Yeah. So it's like you don't want to wash it as much. You want to try to wash it as least amount of times as possible. 
if I just get it wet, it's fine. Right. But if I use shampoo and conditioner. It washes out. But it would have also gotten in the pod. Oh. And if you damage the pod. Money's on you. Mm-hmm. So did you wear like a shower top or just like put your hair up? I just put my hair up. But if my hair gets wet, it doesn't um, fade. It doesn't bleed. Only if I get shampoo and conditioner involved. Yeah. So just to make sure you're like, I'm just going to not. Right. Don't tell my, my float pod place. <laughs> yeah. Leave that off the review section, guys. Don't tell them like Amanda from the Cena Susie podcast said that. <laughs> she didn't wash her hair first, so I'm not going to either. Yeah. Please don't do that. Mm-mm. So and then you get in your pod with your swimsuit on or not, whatever makes you comfortable. Uh-huh. You literally float on top of the water. And I've been in so much pain lately. Yeah. My pain went away. For real? Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, there's no pressure points. There's no, you're not touching anything. It's the salt. It's the water. It's the detox. I don't know what it is. It's the magic. Holy shit. So it's not as, because for me, it seems scary to have no sound, no light, Floating in the middle of nowhere seems terrifying. You can push a button and turn some lights on. Okay. You can also leave your pod doors open because I was concerned about that with my claustrophobia, but that right. that didn't bother me. Okay. Okay, and you have claustrophobia, claustrophobia. I have like the I just don't like this feeling kind of no claustrophobia. I have, you have I have full blown claustrophobic phobia, like. So if you didn't experience an issue, then I'm gonna be fine. Yes. Okay. But like I said, you can leave the doors open. And you're supposed to be able to listen to music. I guess you can ask them to play music. Or, or I guess if you wanted, you could turn your phone on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that situation. Um, also, earplugs. They have earplugs for you. Oh, so you don't get water in your ears? Mm-hmm. Got it. They give you towels. And then you shower again when you get out. 100% shower shampoo, conditioner when you get out. Right, because it's salt. Mm-hmm. You want to get that shit off Like, I thought... I didn't... I was 100% comfortable floating in the fucking pod, Nike, but I was like, I'm not going to shower when I get out. Right. Well, is it a communal shower? Is it like no. A- oh, well, then what the hell, girl? Because you're standing in a room, Nike, versus in the pod, Nike. Okay. I don't know. I'm fucking stupid. I'm retarded. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not that. I'm sorry. I know what you mean. I'm stupid. Um... <laughs> It was just weird. But then you get out, you literally covered in salt. Like there's so much salt on you. Absolutely have to get it off. It's going to hurt your skin. You absolutely want to shower and wash your hair. But it's not the best shampoo and conditioner on the planet. Well, no, I mean, it's like a communal spa, essentially. So no, they're probably not going to stock it with like the high end. And then <laughs> they have a um, oxygen bar. Okay. Did you try it? I did not. Okay. Because like, I feel like it's so 90s. You know, the oxygen bar. It's, aren't you just like hooking yourself up to oxygen, which makes you feel euphoric? I'm like. Isn't that like the whole idea behind it? I'm like, I'm breathing oxygen right, right. now. Why oh, do I need so. yours? Right. <laughs> what are you guys pumping in that's not oxygen? Why do I need to go to this bar? <laughs> What's happening? I'm like, I'm sorry. What am I really breathing in? Like, yeah, for real. What did you put in there? But it sounds amazing. And it makes sense also for you. Like you said, it actually helps like make you like your pain go away so absolutely yeah. I completely understand why you want to go back so and it's supposed to be like 
you're supposed to keep going for like long-term benefits and stuff. So I have another gift card. The pod hubby gave me two gift cards for Christmas. I mean, don't awe him because they were literally running a special buy one float, get one free. So he got one free. At least he's thinking of you. That's what matters. I mean, I'm just saying. I know. <laughs> and it took me three months to use one. Yeah. And he was like, are you ever going to go? I was like, yes, I'm totally excited. But yeah, but I remember you talking about this with me. God, like a year ago. Here's the thing. It's not close to my house. I have. It's outside my bubble. You know, I have my bubble. Yeah. You're outside my bubble to come to your house. I know. I know. Let alone a float pod situation. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So I wanted to um, open one by my house. Mm -hmm. So I looked into it. I was like. (laughs) Is it that bad? Is it really bad? Is it like super expensive? It's like you have to fill out an application. Oh, get out of here. Okay, super exclusive, like, float pod club. Get over yourselves. It's probably easier to be a Chick-fil-A franchise owner than it is to be a fucking float pod owner. And they require you to be there. The franchise owners? Yeah, dude. But you know what? I ain't gonna lie. If I hit that mark, I'm opening me up a float pod so I can float whenever I want. Hell yeah. And by my house. Yeah, absolutely. And you could just be like, where's Amanda? At her business running her business and you're just in the pod naked in the pod (laughs) not in the pod room though so i appreciate you not being naked in the pod room i have no problem with nakedness just yeah you would like me to wear clothes when i'm with you yeah just like you would like me to wear clothes when i'm with you Mm -hmm. so you're welcome our friendship has not gotten to that level in 20 (laughs) years so it never will be there shit has it been 20 years stop saying these things to my face 2000 and so, Pod's son is 14, and you gave me my baby shower for him, and I knew you before I was pregnant with him. So, it's probably been a good, like, 18. Maybe 17. Awesome. I love time. It's the best. Have you seen the time traveler on TikTok? No, but I used to, like, always looked on, like, crack.com about those things, like, time traveler spotted in LA and it's like a photo of this person that kind of looks like he's wearing vintage clothing it's like okay what is it on TikTok I don't know I've just heard about it the time traveler I don't believe in time travelers so yeah I think I don't know I believe in time travelers if they're from a different planet I don't think humans oh I'm sorry are smart enough for that I'm sorry. Not only are there aliens, there's time traveling aliens now too. Fucking, how do you think they got here? Oh, it takes how many millennia just to get to our nearest forty nine, whatever away from us? Yeah, of course there's gonna have to be some time travel to get to us within the current time. Of course, because it takes so space time. Space is fucking huge. In order to get from one end to the other, it takes an incredible amount of time. Which is why when if you ever watch um, Christopher Nolan's film. The one with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Why am I losing my brain? You know what I'm talking about, that movie? No, I don't watch movies. Anyway, 
Point is, they make one mistake on one planet and it costs them 49 years. But on the planet, it was only like 30 minutes. Well, same idea. So yeah, alien species, if they are visiting us, would have to have some sort of either time travel or they would have been traveling for essentially millennia to get to our stupid ass planet that has dead crews. Oh, okay, great. Um, what else is going on? That <laughs> it out nerds you a little bit. I feel like I've been super nerding out on you and I'm so sorry. Okay, so let's go here. Hulu. Have you been watching any any shows on Hulu? No, I have not. Okay, you need to watch one with Renee Zellweger called The Truth About Pam. Oh, I don't like her. What? You don't like Renee Zellweger? No, Why? I hate her, which oh, reminds God. me that I need to tell you about a show I've been watching, but you go first. Well, you're not going to watch it. You can tell me about it. It's phenomenal. It's a true crime story that they broke into, into like a little mini series with her as the main character. And how it's done is just so, it's perfect. It's a really well-made show and I really cannot wait to see the end of it. I have, I mean, I think we all freaking know on the first episode what happened, but it's how they're getting you there. It's really fascinating. Highly recommend. Love it. It reminds me a little bit of like the only murders in the building, like that kind of style, like where it's sort of dark funny. Mm hmm. So if you liked that show, <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be the recommendation part of your Hulu or your Netflix. Highly recommend the thing about Pam. Really fun show. I mean, if somebody else was in it, I'd watch it. What do you mean somebody else was in I think there's a... No, I mean, like, if it wasn't her. Oh, if it was anybody but her? Yeah. Uh, did you ever, did I ever tell you about, uh, did you ever watch that show on Netflix with Kristen Bell? No, the, the, the one where she has a giant wine glass? Yes. No, I have not watched it. <gasps> I don't know if we can be friends. I know. I know, this, this is true. Because you know I love her. I know. And that show, oh my God. It's like the, the woman across the window, across the... Whatever. The woman across the... The house across the street from the woman in the window. Yeah. And it's like a satire of all the true crime shit out there, right? Is that the idea? It is. Which I'm here for. I love a satire. But no, I can't, I can't tell you about it, but I can tell you it's fucking amazing. Okay. But that's not the show I was going to tell you about. Okay. Tell me. So Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I've been watching an old show that I'd never watched. Psych. Oh my God, you're just now discovering Psych? Oh, finally. Oh my God, I am a massive Psych fan. I'm at the point where now I re-watched every season. I've watched the first two of the three movies. The third one's on premium fucking Peacock. Screw you guys. I'm not going to pay for a movie that should be free because it should be for the people, guys. But anyway. Oh my God, I love Psych. I love Psych. It is fucking hilarious. I love, I can't believe I'm just not getting into Psych. Okay, you have got to talk to me. What season are you on? I don't know. Okay. Gus, adorable. Trust me, at first he was a little like weird for me. I was like, I don't know if I like his character he's playing. Like I like him as an actor. But James Roday, or actually Rodriguez, he's actually taken back his name. Holla. He's from San Antonio. He's from San Antonio. He's he's Hispanic. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Phenomenal actor. 
really good person. I heard him in an interview. He's actually an incredible person in real life. And you, you got to get into it. I love that show. It's so I love quirky, that show. right? Um, Pod Abbey loves watching that show. How could me. you not? Exactly. He, the other day, it. he was like, he was like, you're already on, I don't even remember what episode it was. And I was like, I don't know, I guess. He was like, have you been watching this without me? No. Oh, he got mad at you for watching ahead? I was oh. like, well, I don't know where you were because if I'm home, you're home. Right? So if you're watching ahead of me, then maybe I need to be talking to you, sir, about this. I'm like, so I don't know where you were if you weren't in the room watching it with me. It's not oh my, my fault I'm ahead. I love that you guys are getting into this. You're going to love this show. It's a great show. Eloy and I loved it forever, forever and ever. So, yeah. If y'all have not watched Sight, yes, it is on your Prime. Yes. Amazon Prime. Oh, let's talk Trip about Amazon. Amazon Prime movies for a second. Okay. Or shows. So I'll be like, oh, I want to watch this. Like the movie I wanted to watch for our new Patreon series, The Video Killers. Yes, which by the way is out now. If you are not on Patreon, go ahead there. We have a new series. This one's way better. Video Killer. It's all about and movies. So I wanted to watch the movie that I did mm-hmm. after I did my thing, because that's what I do. And so we get on the Googles, right? And we're like, where can you watch blank movie for free? Mm-hmm. And so Podhubby goes, oh, Amazon Prime or Prime Video. Mm-hmm. He goes, we have that, right? And I'm like, yeah, we, we get it with our Prime. Mm-hmm. No. It wasn't free on Prime Video. It was free on some bullshit that's connected to Prime Video. Oh, it's like the, the subscription. If you try a seven-day trial to this thing. Yeah. And you can, oh, okay, like Showtime or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't Showtime. It was something else. And that's not the first time I've run into this. Yeah. I, it's I, like I, yeah. Paramount Plus. It's free on Paramount Plus, not on Amazon Prime. Do you want to talk about... The Dutch Brothers thing that you've renamed? Y'all. I actually, I didn't rename it. I created it. It is true. She did create a drink. So Dutch Brothers. Out us. Seriously. <laughs> Dutch Brothers. Let's discuss. I didn't make it today, so I didn't put it in our post, but I've posted about this before. You get a rebel drink. Whatever rebel drink you want. I've recently tried the daydream. Yeah, daydream is good. The Daydream, really yeah. good. Um, shark Attack, really good. Yes. Orange Sickle, really good. They're all really good. So you get a Rebel drink. I think the Orange Sickle would be real good with. Then you get your Champs. Mm-hmm. You put some Champs in your Rebel, and then you have a Mimos Bro. Mimos Bro. Love it. I like it. Dust Brothers. <laughs> hashtag mimos bro yeah come at us i mean seriously we love to be your spokesmodels of the mimos bro <laughs> and i would I love, love for you to be our sponsor hell yeah but no that's a, I, I don't know how you think of these names like honestly y'all just so y'all know she named our podcast okay and the, the theme and the idea of it coming out on tuesdays and i'm just like how do you think of these things i'm just and our ending of, and we'll see you next Tuesday. And we'll see you next Tuesday. I mean, like, all of these things. Oh, yeah. 
You have a mind for it. It's incredible. But yet I'm literally stuck in a corner at work. Well, because as we all know, the people who don't get ahead do. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I think I would be great having this be my career, but I don't have it on my resume. So people are like, I'm sorry, we can't hire you to do that because you have no experience. Yeah, but it's like, but exactly. But then you make like literally all our social media posts and marketing and promotion and all this stuff. And it's like, no, that doesn't really count. So um, if you're not on the subreddit r slash anti-work, <laughs> you need to be. Because that's where I sent you that Reddit post about that guy at Applebee's. It was like all, it's a good thing that the gas prices are rising. People have to go back to work. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Yeah, I'm sorry. Show. I don't see you don't have a degree in marketing. We are not going to hire you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it's it's incredible how picky employers are still being even in the the market that they're in. And you're like, "Really?" Because a lot of people like yourself have real world experience that they that doesn't translate to a degree. I mean, and doesn't mean that you're, you know what I'm saying? Like a degree doesn't mean anything sometimes. Look it at, just doesn't. I, I'm sorry. I have this cute little knife sticker. I mean that. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's, yeah, I'm with you. We'll get you there, girl. Don't worry. So if you need help with your marketing. Hey. Talk to me. We yeah. Have, maybe we'll make it. We'll work out. A- DM the podcast because then you can start a portfolio. Yeah. I think you missed your calling. I agree. I think you should have been in marketing or, um, well, investigative journalism, but that'll always stand by. Because of or private <laughs> investigator. Private investigator would be a phenomenal. I've looked into how to be a private investigator. Mm-hmm. Is it complicated as shit? Yeah. You got to do like, you got to be like an intern. Oh, man. We have to do like an internship first to be a private investigator? With a private investigator. To be a private investigator. Dude, what happened to like the 40s and 50s when it was literally like, see? And then they just like started an agency. Oh, girl. At work one day. One of my office mates, she walked by my desk. She goes, hey, we got somebody else's mail. You want to check this out? I'm like, no, I don't give a shit. And she's like, no, here, look at this magazine. And she holds it up. I fucking kid you not. It was P.I. It was a P.I. magazine. What? Yeah. And were you like, I'll take that to the appropriate person and just put it in the desk? I was like, I'm sorry. I think it did come to the right address. (laughs) This is correct, actually. This is my calling now. This is me now. Oh, and we are going to take a field trip. Where are we going to go? We're going to go. There is a place, a store. Ready? The name is called The Spy Shop. Oh, We're in Austin, Texas? Possibly. Austin, Texas adjacent. Okay, because I have heard of this place. and It's in Round Rock, Texas. Okay. Yes, I've heard of this place. And I'm... I'm Totally, I love spy shit. I think it's so fascinating. So I went to their website. And? You want some Chinese throwing stars? <laughs> shurikens. Hell yeah, I want some fucking shurikens. Do you want some swords? Yep. Do you want some throwing knives? I also would like a mini little recording device that I can stick places. Me too, because I'm going to stick it in everybody's offices at work. Okay, and just so y'all know, it's not for like, oh, I'm going to get these people in trouble. It's just because you love the drama, T. It's like a reality show. 
Well, I also want to know what's really going on at my job. Of course. Like on the DL. Yeah. Yes, what they're not telling me. See, and that's where, like, I know you have some friend work friends that help keep you informed. Mm-hmm. But of course, as you know, nefarious, nefarious management. So there are certain things that even they don't have access right. to. Of course. So you need a little help, a little And uh, Texas assistance. is a one, one party state. Correct. So, so if I know I'm recording it, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So we're going to take a... A little field trip? To the spy shop. I'm in. And mm-hmm. we will, of course, record it, just so you know. It'll be on TikTok. The instant. Will they allow us to record things in the spy shop? Oh, I'm sure. I, I, I mean, I'm sure they'll probably need the publicity. <gasps> it's probably like a one-room tiny ass we could get place. them to be our sponsors? Hell yeah, dude. I'm in. I'm going to let you... That place and basically everywhere we get that our gummies. <laughs> Would y'all like to be featured on our <laughs> I don't need a bad reputation with my local gummy distributor. That one lady that works house. there is already a huge bitch. Right. <sighs> I can't oh, go man. after work during the week because that's when she works. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and what about, can we discuss my idea that I texted you? Which one? You text a lot of things. So which which idea is this one? The permanent one. Let's discuss that. Yes. Continue. Now. Sure. Can we do it? The, oh, the, yeah. The tattoo? Uh-huh. Of fucking course we can. I meant to tell you that via text. So I'm glad you asked. Yes. Stay tuned. We have lots of things coming your way. Today? Can we do it today? I mean, if we have time. Fuck yeah. I'm in. Or Friday the 13th. No, because they only let you choose Flash. There's a lot of... I don't know about y'all, where y'all are at, but Friday the 13th, in and around the state of Texas. A lot of tattoo shops. And funnily enough, it actually started in Houston, Texas, at a tattoo shop. Tattoo artists give you, like, a discount. Like, if they're $13 tattoos, or $39 tattoos, whatever. Point is, you're allowed to choose a tattoo off of a certain set they have specifically for that day. You can walk in, choose it, boom, whatever. Anyway, it's massively popular here. Massively. Lines around the door. And I don't know why she wants to do this because it's a shitty tattoo. Well, not necessarily. Like, because they they make the flash so wide now, it's not just like one little panel and you have like a dolphin eating a shark or some stupid shit. It's like, although that'd be pretty badass. Um, It's like literally all different ranges and types. But I was thinking, oh, we could do it then, but then we'd have to choose their style. But instead, we'll see. I mean, I'm just saying, like, that would be solid. Nobody would know what it says. That's true. Except for people who've studied, like, naval shit. Unless you're in the <laughs> Navy. Yeah, right? No, I'm, I'm down. I don't care. I'm down for more tattoos. Hell yeah. I'm Let's always do down for a tattoo. I know. I know. It's kind of addicting, isn't it? I need a tattoo artist friend. Me too. That'll come to my house. I know, like a subscription service. Like, hey, it's May. It's time to come to my house like once a month. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, no. Not no? once a month. Not once a month? I would. I have lots of tattoos. Or I would want a big piece to be finished in sections. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, the last one you did was, what, five hours? Mm-hmm. And that bitch. If you could have broken it up, would you have? No. No? 
You'd have just like, forget it. Let's just nail it all down. Yeah, it's not big enough to break up. That's true. What if it was your whole arm? Would you want to? It's smaller than my Phoenix and it took longer. Yeah, okay, that's what you said. And I thought that was interesting. Why do you think that is? Is Look how much more detail. Oh, good point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. I see it now. I see what you're saying. It's phenomenal. Your guy is incredibly good, so... We're not going there for a tiny one. No, we're not. <laughs> no. Uh, do you want to talk about the thing that I sent you on Reddit about the guy who basically crashes funerals? We can. I, if you guys have not seen this, just type in crashes funerals on Reddit or just Google it. But anyway, it's this Australian guy and he was hired literally by accident at first by this guy who said, look, I'm dying of cancer or whatever. I need you to tell my family and friends at my funeral these things. And the guy's like, what? He's like, yeah, I I won't be able to tell them, but I feel comfortable with you telling them for me. Here's some money. And he was like, okay, sure, I guess, whatever. Does it. And turns out it's like, um, he says shit like, I know you, my wife, have been cheating on me. Uh, and oh, by the way, so-and-so and so-and-so is not going to get shit out of the will. And said, these people are. And then the guy just walks out of the funeral. So I'm like, first off, hell fucking yes. I sign my ass up. No, uh, somebody dude, is going to beat your ass. No, I'm a girl. What, they going to hit a girl? Yes. Also, it could be good things. Like he said in that in that video, he was like, it's not all bad things. Sometimes it's good things. Like it's, it's you're basically speaking for the dead, which is incredible. That's an incredible responsibility. And like, what an honor to be chosen. Even if it is, you're getting paid, who cares? That's your job. It's just like a death doula, which is not about super, super cool. I'm gonna tell you in a minute. Um, Like that's your job is to be their final words, good or bad. And if, can you imagine walking up at a funeral? Fuck you, fuck you. I know who you fucked. Fuck you all, goodbye. Can, that would be your job. Or it could be like, hey, I love everybody. I think you all are phenomenal. You know, something incredible. It'd be awesome. No. Let's do it. I would want to be a seat filler. I like the Oscars. Yeah. You get paid to attend the funeral, but you're not the dick that stands up and ruins everybody's world. But but you're not. You're just speaking on the behalf of the dead. It's not, you didn't do anything. You're like, hey, this ain't my words. That's, that's their words. I'm just saying what they told me to say. But you're the one ruining the day. Funerals are dumb anyway. Can we be, can we all go here? I'm sorry. I have many feelings about funerals because as a kid, I went to one too many. And I'm just like, why are we doing this? I feel like that's so macabre to look at a dead body with makeup on it inside a funeral parlor. It's being held together by like substances. So it doesn't rot in front of you. Ugh. If you really think about that, that's See, I would think you'd be all about dead bodies. No, I'm not about dead bodies. I'm about like respecting the dead. And I think death is like, I guess you could say it's a fun frontier. Um, But like, that's fascinating to me. But like the idea of us like holding our bodies in state to then have people view upon us as like our final wishes is, it just feels very weird to me. You do know. know it's for the living and not the dead. Of right? course it is. Exactly. That's why I want to be cremated or made into a diamond or made into a record or turned into a tree or something, something useful. Make me into something useful because my body doesn't mean shit anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
don't look upon me. I probably are, look like hell anyway. <laughs> are you an organ owner? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know they're going to kill you even if they can save you to give somebody your organs, right? Totally fine with it. Because honestly, if I'm that far gone, I don't want to be alive. Don't Terry Shive on my ass. Take me out. No, but you can be saved and live just fine. But they're going to kill you. That's, I'm fine with it. Cool. Bye. Hey, you never know. It could Reincarnation could actually be a thing. And I'll come back as a... Uh, Lizzo or something. That'd be cool. She seems like she's living her best life. So, hey. (laughs) Oh, death doula. So this is something... No, I'm being serious. Just found out about this. So, like, you know what a doula is for birth. Same idea. But at death, it's... They help you be as comfortable as possible wherever you want to die. So... They'll light a candle, put on your favorite music, whatever you want to happen as it happens, whoever you want to be there and not be there, that is their job. So in other words, you don't want certain people there. You do want your kids. And then they make sure you feel comfortable as it's happening. That way you don't have to think about any of those things. And I think that is an incredible profession. If anyone's out there is doing it or studying to do it, please tell us more. But I just learned about it and I was like, is such a cool thing to do for somebody. Do you they know? give you morphine? Huh? Do they give you the morphine? They can, yeah. It depends on like their level of, you know, certificate. If they're a nurse or not, of course, you know, you have to have that kind of thing. But um, from what I understand, please let me know if I'm wrong about that. But it's really interesting. And honestly, who wouldn't rather go around that than ideally? I mean, I know it's not like not everyone has a chance to go that way. Sometimes you're in a hospital, it happens, of course. But if you had a choice, you know, I would think that would be kind of nice. Like, I want this song playing. I want to watch Psych. You know, whatever. <laughs> it could be anything. The Goonies. The Goonies. <laughs> uh, anyway, you want to get into murder and mayhem? I mean, more death? Sure. More death. death. Let's get into it. Okay. Um, I you know, I know we have the pre-warning for SP, but I'm just going to say it one more time here. This is SA, sexual assault. So, hey, not your shit. Skip this episode or move to the end and wait until you hear about the trophy dad at the end. So, today, we're going to go to Russia, January 1998. A 15-year-old girl walking alone on a road and a car pulls up next to her. Man says he's a cop in the car and offers her a ride home, which... They're never cops, y'all. Never. She, she accepted. This is also 1998. So we're still in the 90s. Well, I think we should have known by then. Yeah. This is Russia. Mm. Yeah. Still should have known. I know. After driving the wrong direction, she starts Especially to get, in Russia. Yeah, right? She starts to get nervous because he's driving the opposite direction of her home that she he told her, like, hey, I live here. And he's going the other way. Until they reach a wooded area where the man forces her to take off her clothes, hits her in the head against a tree. So he, like, bashes her head against a tree. She's naked. She wakes up the next day, covered in blood, somehow alive after surviving the attack and the cold Russian winter, and she's in the hospital. The girl speaks to the cops immediately and identifies Mikhail Popkov as her assailant, which they don't believe. Mikhail's wife gives them an alibi for that night, and they all move on. And this is the story of the werewolf, Kale Popkov, whose crimes span decades and is considered to be the most prolific Russian serial killer. Heads up, 
Russian serial killer, uh, this was not pre-planned based on the crisis that's happening right now, just so everybody knows. I just want to, it was literally like, oh, let me do this guy. And then shit has gotten really incredibly real. Do want to take a side note to say we 1000% support Ukraine. Mm-hmm. 1000%. We also understand there's a lot of Russians who don't agree with this war and we 1000% support them as well. Right. Everyone's kind of being held against their will at this point. So just a little side note there. So Mikhail Popkov was born in Norlis Peranos, hmm? Kraskanoyosk Krai. So sorry. <laughs> Russians butchering this. And the Russian Soviet Federative Socialist Republic, which is now known as the Russian Russian Federation on March 7th, 1964. Little is known about his childhood, but it was said that he saw his mom and a friend of the family having sex when he was little. And this made quite an impression on him. So while the sex he walked into as a kid was consensual and not cheating. So I listened to a podcast about him and basically they said it was like a threesome that this he walked in on like two guys and his mom. Mm -hmm. So it was like mom, dad and dude. And he walked in on the part, which was the other guy mm. and mom. So it was like out of context, but also um, maybe lock your kid's door or lock your door or, yeah, you I know, mean, y'all... just be careful. Do your thing. But just know who's in the house at the same time. Oh, anyway. Or maybe not have threesomes where when your kids are home. Yeah, yeah. Save that activity for when they're with... Me, Ma, and Papa. Exactly, exactly. So I'm not saying if it's all consensual, don't do it. Yeah, if of that's course. your thing. Do you do you, boo? Mm-hmm. But be mindful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, impressionable children. Yep. So obviously, this left a bad taste of women in his mouth because he saw his mom getting that happened to her, and you know he was like, "How dare she?" So. He married Elena Popova in 1987, and they had one daughter together named Ekaterina. Gorgeous names. Just talk about Russian names. They're gorgeous. Rina, Alexandria, Alexander, I mean, Dmitri. Love those names. He was a security guard and policeman uh, for a while in the Irkutsk region. This helped him, unfortunately, kill more women because people naturally trust people in authority, especially a policeman. So he was actually really a policeman this entire time. Yeah. Allegedly, he also saw his wife cheating, and this might have been the thing that started his spree. However, for his first murder, he said to investigators investigators later that it happened spontaneously. He said, quote, I wanted to kill a woman I was giving a lift to in my car, end quote. He said that he offered a ride with no bad intentions, and then he just got the urge to kill her. Oh, yes. Who doesn't? You know, I will say, I have been driving across bridges and thought, what if I just, like, off the bridge? You know, we all have those weird-ass thoughts, but never have I been like, what if I just, like, murder this person next to me in the car? You know what I mean? I mean, I have those urges at work. I'm like, I got a box cutter in my drawer. (laughs) But, like... But you're not going to really act on it. It's no. just, like, an obtrusive thought. It, it's like And you a, move on. It's, like... It, it's not serious. 
I no. feel like his was serious. Yeah. Like maybe it was already kind of there. And he was like, I just need an excuse to do the thing, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so at this time, okay, in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, Mikhail was considered by everyone to be, uh, or Mikhail, please forgive my pronunciation here. It's from probably Mikhail. Mikhail. M-I-K-H-A-I-L. Mikhail. 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 Yeah. Um, he was considered by everyone to be a great guy. He was the life of the party. He was a good father, a good husband. Some people even said he was like charming and likable. So this wasn't one of those ones where like, oh, it's kind of weird. They like, said the same thing about Bundy. I know. I know. Exactly. From 1992 to his latest 2010, Mikhail would drive to the regions of Angarisk, Urkutsk, and even alleged Vladivostok. Vladivostok, so sorry, over 2,400 miles away to offer rides to women either in or out of his police uniform. He would go to bars at night and prey on intoxicated women, women that he considered, quote, immoral, or, quote, any society condemns the behavior of a debauched woman. Oh, my God, those terrible debauched women. How dare you? Yeah, drinking and having the sex. Oh, my God. Wow. You deserve everything you get. Exactly. Y'all hear that sarcasm, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So get this. So he considered them debauched women, but then he would offer them another drink and then a ride home. Because they had to be liquored up enough that they wouldn't (laughs) fight back. Yeah, right? So this is the thing. is like if you think they're that depraved, but you're just going to contribute to it then, like, eh, they're already, you know, okay. So instead, yeah, he would obviously take them to the woods, rape and torture them and kill them so badly that they dubbed him a werewolf. So they were slashed up to the point that looked like an animal had done stuff. He liked women between the ages of 16 and 40, not all of them being sex workers, and he would stab them repeatedly, sometimes up to 170 used all types of tools like knives, hammers, screwdrivers, baseball bats, etc., and then would dispose of them afterwards because he was a fucking cop and he knew that they would find them if he kept them with him. The victims he took were also full-figured normally, which police assumed were revenge killings because they looked like his mom. Of course they I mean, did. That I mean, tracking. Yeah. And the local Home Depot, they were like did you really, what are you doing with all these hammers? Like, why do you need another one this week? Please tell us again what a ball peen hammer is actually for. Because like we told y'all last week, we have no fucking idea besides murder. I mean, and I would start questioning him why he's on his 18th ball peen hammer. <laughs> right? That's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, if this guy's constantly buying like screwdrivers, hammers, baseball bats. I'd be like, sir, sir. You've been in here the past eight weeks and you bought 18 ball paint hammers. What are you doing with these? Yeah. Are you just throwing them away after one use? Like, you do know these are reusable, right, (laughs) sir? (laughs) These are not disposable. And also, let's go here. It's Russia in the late 80s, early 90s. It's not like they did have a Home Depot. This was probably like a corner store run by one old dude that's been there since the 1950s. And he's all up in everybody's business. Exactly. So somebody's got to say something sometime. My only thought is, because he's like literally going over 2,400 miles sometimes to find these women to kill, he is spreading out his hardware store shop, shopping to multiple different regions. That's the only thing I can think. Okay, so 
I googled, what do you use a ball peen hammer for? Please. And it literally says, uses, besides for peening. Peening? What the fuck is peening? Okay, in parentheses. Surface hardening by impact. I still don't know. Oh, so like, if you're like pounding out steel, maybe? I guess. Like a blacksmithing tool? Striking punches and chisels usually performed with the flat basis of a hammer. The peening face is used for rounding off edges of metal pins and fasteners such as rivets. Yeah, literally no one needs to have that in their home for any other reason than whatever that's for or murder. Most of us don't need that. In other words, we're not going to use that on a day-to-day basis. So murder. if you somebody only has use one. It for murder. If you find this in your home, it is time to run because mm-hmm. you're about to be murdered yep. by your partner. Yeah. That or they have a locked room that you're not allowed in. Get it, get out. Or get in that room. One of the two. Up to you. But ideally get out. Interesting. So yeah, he was going around buying all these ball pains, killing larger women because they look like his mommy and he's all pissed at mommy. If mommy wanted to bone multiple people, it ain't not his business. But mommy should have taken precautions. Just a few. Yeah. So all these women are going missing, right? And the cops, even though there was evidence and the women going missing, didn't seem to action an investigation into his crimes. They thought, oh, he might be a driver, a metal worker, railway worker. So they followed those leads. It's really not a cop. They started gathering similarities between the murders, however, and the same tire tracks from a Larda 4x4, which was a police car at the time, or is beside some of the bodies. And DNA that they recovered off the bodies was also being collected. So the women who did survive as well all had similar stories, which the cops seemingly ignored. Of course they did. <sighs> Something it seems police agencies across the world shared at the time, which was, eh, eh, we'll just investigate that later. So eventually they did run the DNA on the victims in 2012, again, along with the DNA, sent in with fellow cops, 3,500 of them at the time of the murders that they compared his DNA, all these cops' DNA, because he was a cop at the time, and the murder victims, and they came up with a match, which was Mikhail. Finally. Yeah. Yay, for doing your job. Yeah, 12 to 15 years later. It only, yeah. He had killed at least 29 women. I mean, you know. By this time. We had to come to that magic number before we would do our jobs properly. Yeah, I guess so. It's like. So they connected him DNA-wise to some of the victims. And then they also figured out that he had contracted syphilis from a victim, which confirmed that they had the. The right dude. Ask me how bad I feel that he contracted syphilis. Yeah, seriously. Had they arrested him after the girl that was found in the woods in 1998 identified him, who knows how many lives would have been saved. Because she literally said, it's that guy, the police officer. And they're like, nah, not, it's oh, not, not good old Mickey. Exactly. Mickey couldn't have done that. He was arrested June 23rd, 2014, and they took him in. He was very cooperative with the police, telling him everything. He just was basically like, yeah, you know, did it. Here's what I did. Here's what happened, blah, blah, blah. They found more bodies and some of the weapons he used. 
I'm assuming like buried around the bodies, which would make sense. You've kind of put the body here, you've got the weapons there, which further connected him to the case, of course. And in January 2015, he was sentenced to life in prison. Now get this. Because the death penalty in Russia was abolished, he was given life, which guess when it was abolished in Russia? I don't know. 1754. We didn't abolish the death penalty in like 19 whatever whatever in the U.S. Um, y'all, we need to get our shit together. <laughs> I don't yeah. really have a problem with it, but anyhow. They abolished it in 1754. We weren't even a country. You know what I mean? Oy. He confessed to more deaths after he was incarcerated because at this point, what does he have to lose? But... He was then given a second life sentence for the ones that they would then prove that he committed. All told, his confirmed victim count was 78. Confirmed deaths. Ugh. So I had to do, that's the story of Mikhail. There's not much out there about him. I mean, partially because, you know, we're, I'm researching Russian websites, so there's that. But also, I just wanted to go a little bit more into, like, this question we keep having. Why don't cops solve shit like all these people going missing and they're just like oh whatever it's just a runaway or you know sex workers you know how they are it's like what do you what do you who cares a person died you know so according to an npr article by martin Kaste in march 2015 vernon gayberth a retired nypd cop says it's because people don't trust cops anymore and they don't want to snitch on others However, other experts say that cops are still effective at solving certain cases, like the death of a fellow police officer, but they are almost always cleared or culprit is identified or arrested in those cases, whereas others kind of go either way. In 2015, the, quote, clearance rate for homicides was 64.1%, down from 90% 50 years ago. So I have a theory. Ready? Yeah. 50 years ago, it was, they would pin it on anyone. Exactly. And that person would just get convicted. Nowadays, you actually have to have evidence that they did it. Correct. You can't just find the next person of color and go, it was that guy. Right. Which, I mean, it does still happen. Right. No, no, no. Unfortunately. 100% does. I mean, I'm just saying, like, nowadays... It's a whole lot harder to convict someone than it used to be. Yes. You're absolutely, that's exactly what I was thinking too. I was like, yeah, 90% because you could have just been like, oh, this guy, whether they did it or not. They're like, oh, Frank did it. And then the judge is like, Frank, you're guilty. Frank being the local drunk, of yeah. course Frank did it. Right. And no DNA testing. Right. The best right. you had was what, hair follicle, maybe like blood. There was no DNA. There was like, no, like, scientific-y things no. that I know nothing about. There was only, oh, a brown-headed guy wearing a blue shirt did it. Well, Frank has brown hair, and he always wears that blue shirt, so Frank must have done it. Exactly. Yep. It yep. was Barney Fife. <laughs> Those of you, if you know, you know. <laughs> so get this, though. The homicide rate, however, in the United States is dropping. According to David Carter, Michigan State University criminologist, because of the crime waves of the 70s and 80s, cops became much better at then preventing crimes than solving them, trying to nip things in the bud, but the clearance rate then rose of the crimes that were being committed. 
So what's the answer? You prevent it, you know, do, do like kind of a pre-crime situation or a post-crime. Like, how do we do this? Look at this. In 2013, Richmond, Virginia seemed to have found a potential solution. They reduced the caseload of each investigator and gave the cops the money to give potential witnesses like payment for what they saw. Like, hey, did you see something on this crime? 50 bucks, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, right? So now their clearance rates are up to the 80s and 90s, but with cops needing money from the city to do this, some poorer areas aren't able to clear the so same cases. here's my problem with that. Yeah. People are going to lie for money. Of course. I know. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, you got a beef against some dude. So, like, You're going to go would, in and... Yeah. Frank did it. I was on board with this. I'm like, oh, they're lowering their case lows. They have more time to spend on the case. Like, I was all for it. And then they're like, oh, they had money to give witnesses. I'm like, no. Yeah, no. That's not how this works. Good start. But you kind of derailed there. <laughs> yeah. That train like left the tracks. The train derailed and the hippo got loose. Yeah. I... <laughs> Listen to episode one for that reference. <laughs> but no, for real. Um, but the, the caseload thing is like universal. Yes. Teachers need less students. So Social workers need less cases. Cops need less cases. Like, yes. Agreed. 1000%. That's mm-hmm. a given. Right? Yes. So while the answer is nuanced. Obviously, it seems like some police agencies are working towards solutions that can help us not repeat the insanity of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And hopefully, hopefully, most cops nowadays are taking seriously, quote unquote, runaways or sex worker deaths, as they should, because they are human beings. You know, and I think we made a step in the right direction because I could be wrong. We need cop friends. I don't think... A kid has to be gone, quote unquote, like 72 hours before they can be reported missing anymore. I don't think so either. I think as long as you say, I'm concerned. I don't think you'd say missing person. I think if you go in and say, I'm concerned with the welfare of someone, then they have to do a check immediately. Well, and I think like if I were to call the police and say, my kid is missing, I haven't seen him in X amount of hours or whatever, they're going to start looking for him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's no way. So... Whereas before, they'd be like, oh, you have to wait till they're 72 hours. Right. Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot more action to go to a horrendous case. Um, the the one, what was it, American Crime Story documentary on Netflix about the guy that unfortunately, like, strangled his wife, put his two daughters in those oil barrels. What was that name? That oh, name? Chris Watts. Yeah, that motherfucker. Um, that was almost immediate. Mm-hmm. Cause he was like, the, the, the friend was like, my friend did not check in with me last night. And that was it. They had a cop at the house. That like, was insane. I was like, holy shit, this is how fast it happens. You know, no granted. I'm going to also say that she was a white woman. That unfortunately plays into it as well. As we know, there's a little could go either way. You're not, but that it, I agree. I think that they are starting to take things more seriously. So we'll see. Like, but, I mean, I don't know yeah. how it is with adults. I'm just saying I don't with kids, you with know? kids. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, be, uh, even more so because like, think about it. A 12 year old's missing. I mean, that's a huge deal. They don't know how to, for the most part, manage in the world by themselves. Even if they did run away. You know? So, yeah, I don't know. Take the Internet away from my 14 year old. <laughs> he would die. He dies. He his mind. He dies. Do kids run away anymore? I don't know. I did it. My mom freaked the fuck out. And my friends lied for me. It was, well. How old were you? Middle school. Okay. 
Yeah, that was a serious runaway. This wasn't like you're six years old and you got a Barbie doll in a nope. suitcase. Nope. What happened? I don't play. Tell <laughs> me don't play that. I eventually rolled up at the house. <laughs> were your parents like, where were you? Were they all scared? Were they just oh, like, Oh, yeah. Pissed? She was pissed. And I was told I wasn't allowed to be friends with them anymore. <laughs> Bitch, please. Don't you love how our parents blamed everything on us every time so, and then told us we couldn't be friends with them? Like, I'm like, what? She's like, they lied to me. You can't be friends with them anymore. Because one of the girls, I was at her house and she was like, no, I don't know where she's at. And then the other girl, a couple of houses down, she knew where I was at. But she was like, I don't know where she's at. That's just, that's just being a good friend. You're not going to roll on your friends. So you should say they should be your best friends. Exactly. Because they're ride or die bitches. They're like, I don't know where she's at. Hell yeah. Wow. Times they be a changing, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Who's your trophy dad? I'm going to tell you. For those of y'all who tuned out for mine. Tune back, back in. in. I've got a heartwarming trophy dad. You're going to love him after this potty break. Ooh. Are you ready for my amazing trophy dad? I don't know. Am I? <laughs> yes, because he's amazing. Okay. Cool. Okay. John Holter was born in Chicago, April 1st, 1916. Oh. I keep going way back. You do. So he grew up in New Jersey. And after graduating from high school, John worked as a car mechanic and served during World War II in Europe. And then in 1951... John went to work for an hydraulics research lab in King of Persia, Pennsylvania. John jokingly referred to himself as a knuckle knicker. Knuckle knicker. 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 Oh, like where you nick your knuckles? Knicker. Like on like a... K-N-I-C-K-E-R, everyone. Yeah. Because why? Knicker. Oh, because he was a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He worked in a hydraulics research lab, and so he's working on stuff. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So John and his wife, Mary, have been trying to have a baby for 10 years. And in November 1955, they were blessed with a baby boy. They named Charles Case Holter, or Casey, as they called him. So cute, right? Yes. But the universe can be cruel sometimes. And little baby Casey was born with menogemocelia. So this is a sack on his back filled with um, tissue and bits of spinal cord. Oh, no. Funny. And the surgeons could repair the sack, but um, its effects would have been permanent paralysis from the waist down. And babies with this condition... They also have hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain. Yeah. And Casey actually had both conditions. Oh, poor baby. So I know this is a depressing story, but I promise the end won't be so bad. Okay. Bear with me. I'm going to give you a little medical lesson. I went to a few med classes. Proud of you. I know. (laughs) Told you I was bad at science, but I went to some... Med classes for everyone. Cerebral brain spinal fluid protects the brain and is mainly produced in the hydroplexus in the lateral third and fourth ventricles of the brain. Okay. Mm-hmm. This fluid travels through the spinal cord 
and back to the brain and eventually ends up in your bloodstream. In normal functioning bodies, there's a balance between the amount of fluid produced and the amount of fluid absorbed. Hydrocephalus happens when the outflow system gets blocked. And this can actually happen to anyone, but is most common in preemies. Wow. Okay. That makes more sense then. So basically, I'm going to say in the simplest terms, it's not draining properly and processing through your body as a chip. So it's dra- so it it's goes through your body caught. and it comes back, but it's not getting absorbed back into your body like it's supposed to. Got it. Okay. So in babies, the bones and skulls are not fused together yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why they're like, hold the baby's head, watch the baby's head. It has a soft spot mm-hmm. too. Yes. So when hydrocephalus occurs, their head just continues to grow due to the back of the fluid into the brain. Yeah. So if you've ever seen a baby with hydrocephalus, they their heads are really large. Yeah, they're larger than, than their body. Mm-hmm. Very large, yeah. So when Casey was born in 1955, the doctors didn't have a reliable way to remove the fluid. They had to take the babies every day to use a syringe to drain the fluid. The baby, the, they would go through the baby's fontanelle or the soft spot, and the doctors claimed that the babies couldn't feel pain, but the parents knew um, they were feeding them a line of shit because they could hear their babies screaming from down the hallway. Yeah, babies can feel pain, guys. But they didn't have it, like, they had to do this to get that no. fluid out. Oh, for sure. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying, like, maybe give them a little, like, pain meds like before you do this thing to a baby i I mean like they like it's a like catch-22 situation like as a parent you don't want your baby to go through this but you don't have a choice right of course and at the time that's all they had you have to do that so yeah so john's heart was breaking for his son and in february 1950 1956 the surgeon thought casey was old enough to have a shunt put in that would drain the extra fluid during this time, there was not one standard way to perform this this procedure, and it seems that each surgeon had their own way to perform the procedure, but none of the different ways to perform it seemed to work very well because it was the mid to late 50s. Mm-hmm. So Casey's surgeons ran, a po- ran polyurethane tubes from the ventricles of Casey's brain to his abdomen, where the fluid would drain and absorb into those surrounding tissues. The problem with this was that the abdominal tissue would then grow around the end of the tube and clog it. So... Solving one problem and adding another. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Surgeons knew that the best way would be to drain the fluid into the a jugular vein to disperse it through the bloodstream but this method couldn't be used because when a baby coughed or sneezed blood would back up into the tube and clot oh god so they didn't do it this way but the other way they were constantly having to replace the baby's shunts which is extremely i can't imagine how painful that must be you know, constant surgeries. So, I mean, this was just... Too much. It's too much. Yeah. So, baby Casey had surgery to input a shunt twice. And both times, the shunt only worked for about 10 days. Oh, God. John was desperate and tracked down the chief of neurosurgery at the Philadelphia Children's Hospital, Dr. Spitz. 
So the doctor and John examined the newest shunt valve that was used. Um, it was made with stainless steel balls and a platinum spring. The problem with this valve is that it tended to, to develop metal fatigue. So metal fatigue is when the metal parts are weakened due to repeated stresses. And so that's why the valves weren't working were only lasting a short period of time. So Dr. Spitz said, what we really need is a new kind of valve. And John said, and I quote, heck, I can make that. So yeah, he's got that mechanical engineering brain, right? So John, the mechanic with only a high school diploma, hell yeah, dude, with his employer's blessing, used his company's machinery and overnight made a demonstration model of a new type of valve. John's valve was made with a thin three inch long tube of polyvinyl chloride that contained two miniature valves. These valves operated on the same principle as the nipple of a baby bottle. When the fluid pressure builds up, the slit in the nipple opens to let the milk flow out. As the pressure eases, the slit closes and it's impossible for the fluid to back up through the slit. Yeah, simple, it makes sense. Yeah. So Dr. Spitz thought John's design was terrific, but he needed rubbery material that could be sterilized to 250 degrees or more. And most plastics during this time would not hold up to this type of heat. Right. Because our science wasn't... It wasn't that advanced. No. So John was in a race with the clock on his son's life to find this and get these developed. So he spent three weeks calling all plastic and rubber manufacturers so he could locate material that could be used in his valve. He eventually came across a chemist at a tire and rubber company that told him about a new product, silicone elastomer. It was being used on the doors of high altitude bombers because it would withstand extreme cold, but it could also withstand extreme heat as well. Yep. So John located the company that made the silicone elastomer in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. The company director understood how urgent it was to get John's valve main and had John send his design over and quickly made several pieces of the valve that John could assemble himself at home. So while all this was happening, Casey was growing weaker and it looked like he was not going to make it. And so John was begging the surgeons to do something to keep Casey alive long enough for them to get this new valve ready to use. So they decided to perform another surgery to install another metal valve with a polyurethane tube on it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Casey went into cardiac arrest on the operating table. But back in the day, there was not the resuscitation machinery that we have. And they had to open up Casey's itty bitty chest and massage his heart with their hands for 30 minutes until they could restore his heartbeat. But baby Casey survived the traumatic ordeal. Less. That is incredible. Incredible. Talk about a miracle. I mean, those are doctors dedicated oh my God, to yeah. saving his life. Like they're taking their oath seriously. Literally. Yeah. Hell yeah. So while baby Casey barely hung on, John feverishly worked to create a valve. So John made a crude version of the valve in an autoclave and in an autoclave tested the durability of the rubber. He heated it on a stove to see what would happen. 
and the rubber remained undisturbed. So with his rubber, his pipe fittings, his pressure gauge, John started making valves in his garage. Each valve was just over an inch and a half long, small enough to fit behind the baby's ear, and flexible enough to bend in half without any damage, and strong enough to last a lifetime. John took his valves to the hospital for demonstration, and the surgeons were amazed and couldn't believe what he had created. Casey was too weak for surgery and couldn't help the valve implanted, and in March 1956, another child was the first to receive the new invention, and it worked. Awesome. So finally, in April 1956, Casey was strong enough for surgery, and he received one of John's valves, and it did exactly what it was supposed to do. Casey's hand, head shrank from 24 inches to 22 inches in six months. Whoa. Also, 24 inches are some people's waists, if that gives you an idea. That's the width around someone's waist. So, wow. That's a huge difference. Yes. During this time, the American Legion Hospital for Crippled Children was inundated with hydrocephalic infants who had all had grim prognosis. Now that John's valves have been proven to work and not only work well, but better than any other valves available... And with the media, they were running news stories about John and his valve. Dr. John Thompson, a neurosurgeon in St. Petersburg, where the American Legion Hospital was located, read one of the articles about John and his family story and his creation of the whole valve. And so Dr. Thompson traveled to Philadelphia, watched a surgery, and brought back as many valves as he could and... Shipped the, and shipped something back to St. Petersburg, and he began implement implanting them on the infants at the American Legion Hospital. Wow! Guess what? The valve worked fucking amazingly. Yeah, survival rates went up. I'm sure. The University of Sheffield in England awarded John an honorary doctorate in 1976 for the development of this valve. Exactly right. John became the first non-medical member of the Society for Research into Hydrocephalus and Spina Bifida. Whoa. So what about baby Casey? Yeah, what about baby Casey? So baby Casey suffered from ill effects of the cardiac arrest he had during surgery. And his brain had been without oxygen for too long and suffered permanent damage. And he had started having occasional seizures. So it was during one of his seizures on his fifth birthday that he passed away. But he had five Mm-hmm. more than he that had he wouldn't have probably had mm-hmm. had his dad not invented a new medical valve yeah literally that's incredible so john made his valves available to those in need for free of charge and for over a four-year period donated more than six hundred thousand dollars to local charities and the holter valve is still being used today holy crap it's called the, it's named after him mm-hmm. i was hoping so <laughs> yeah so, John is my trophy dad because he was like, fuck you, I'm going to save my son. Exactly right. He's like, okay, you guys can't figure this out. Well, luckily for y'all, this is how my brain works. So, let hold my beer. In other words, let me get out of my way. Let me fix this situation you guys have right now. Because y'all are medical doctors thinking medically. I'm, like I said, essentially a mechanical engineer. I think engineer brain. So, I can figure out. How to make these things work. 
How incredible. What a great trophy dad. Yeah. I think I won the trophy dad off. Ah, uh, fine. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. I found him and I'm like, I love him. Yeah. I love him so much. Seriously. He has since passed away, I believe. I read. Well, he was born in what, 1919? Something like that? Mm-hmm. 1916. Oh, yeah. Possibly. Yeah, I was if so not, he'd be over a hundred and whatever. I was so excited when I found him. I'm like, I love him so much. Seriously. How incredible. I like him. That was a good one. Thank you. Oh, Thank okay. you. I've been struggling for trophy dads. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Uh, well, you always pick such good ones. So I don't know how you struggle at all. Well, it takes me three weeks to find one. <laughs> That's sad. Come on, men, step it up. <laughs> on that note, thank y'all so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.